morning and welcome to Yonville Community Church Online. Uh, my name is Dan Bidwell, Senior Pastor here. So good to have you with us. As you can see, it is Christmas all around us. Uh, this is our second uh, sermon or second week in our Advent series. And we're so pleased to welcome you here as we come under God's Word, as we worship Him, as we come to the baby Jesus uh, to find our joy. We'll be thinking about that in our sermon today. Uh, if you are new with us uh, or one of our regular members, uh, we would love uh, for this time of social distancing uh, to feel like we are close to you. And the best way to do that is for you to reach out to us uh, using the Connect card. Let us know what is going on in your life. What, what can we be praying for? What, what are you praying for? How is God working in your life? What is God saying to you? Uh, we would love to hear that from you and to be able to uh, pray alongside you, to be able to lift you up in prayer. Uh, to our great God. Um, so special welcome if you're new. Uh, let us know that you've been here. A little bit later on today, uh, we have our special kids Christmas cookie de decorating event. Uh, it's really exciting. We've got uh, 23 kids signed up, I think. Uh, it's amazing. You know, as I've imagined this church reopening, as we've uh, put our thoughts and our prayers into it, we would love to see a church that is filled with people of all different ages, and, uh, you know, to see a really healthy Sunday school room is, is a big part of that uh, because small kids grow into bigger kids and big kids grow into parents that have more kids. Uh, so uh, we're really excited for that. Uh, you could pray for uh, Charlotte, our kids minister this afternoon, as she runs the Zoom. I'm really thankful for her too. Um, but pray for that event. And uh, as you think about Yonville Community Church at this time of year, I've got a couple more weeks till the end of December. We'd love you to consider uh, partnering with us financially. We have a vision to reach the Napa Valley and beyond with the, the good news of Jesus Christ uh, to see hearts and lives transformed uh, by knowing him and knowing the joy of forgiveness and the joy of salvation. Uh, as we near the end of the year, uh, there's a chance to partner with us uh, both in prayer uh, and by coming and joining us in person uh, or, or becoming partners with us online, but also to help uh, fund that vision financially to give so that we can continue doing the work that we're doing for the moment online and and once the building reopens after our historic chapel is uh, reconstruction is finished I will have a chance to welcome people uh, in person as well as continuing to reach out online a couple of weeks to go in the financial year if you'd like to get a donation into us uh, that is tax deductible for the 2020 tax year please uh, send your checks to us you can go to our giving tab on our website of all the details of how to give online as well. Well, for now, we are going to turn our minds to God's word. And we're going to hear from Luke chapter 1. Hello, my name is E. Maria. And this Christmas, I'm looking forward to the bright star shining uh, in representation of the birth of Jesus in whom we have our hopes. Today, we are going to read Luke chapter 1, verse 5 through 20. In the time of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah who belonged to the priestly division of Abijah. His wife, Elizabeth, was also a descendant of Aaron. Both of them were righteous in the sight of God, 
observing all the Lord's commands and decrees blamelessly. But they were childless because Elizabeth was not able to conceive, and they were both very old. Once when Zechariah's division was on duty, he was serving as a priest before God. He was chosen by lot, according to the custom of the priesthood, to go into the temple of the Lord and burn incense. And when the time for the burning of incense came, all the assembled worshipers were praying outside. Then the angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing at the right side of the altar of incense. When Zechariah saw him, he was startled and was gripped with fear. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you are to call him John. He will be a joy and delight to you, and many will rejoice because of his birth, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He is never to take wine or other fermented drink, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before he is born. He will bring back many of the people of Israel to the Lord their God, and he will go on before the Lord in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the parents to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous, to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Zechariah asked the angel, How can I be sure of this? I am an old man, and my wife is well along in years. The angel said to him, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God, and I have been sent to speak to you and to tell you this good news. And now you will be silent and not able to speak until the day this happens, because you did not believe my words, which will come true at their appointed time. What is the one thing you most look forward to every year at Christmas? It could be the Christmas meal, back in Australia, Christmas Day is in the middle of summer and so every year there's a family discussion about whether we're doing hot or cold Christmas lunch and half our family likes the traditional roast turkey or uh, roast pork or roast ham and the other half like the idea of shrimp and seafood on the barbecue uh, with cold salad and we come from a big family so normally we get everything. Uh, perhaps you uh, look forward to the Christmas meal, maybe you look forward to the gift giving. Uh, when I was a kid I could hardly wait for Christmas. I could hardly wait to find out what presents would be under the Christmas tree. And then Christmas morning, my brothers and sisters and I would have to wait until our parents woke up before we were allowed to open any presents. And uh, I remember one year particularly waking up in the middle of the night. Uh, I was so excited for the presents the next day. Maybe it's the family gathering that you're looking forward to. Uh, after we did our Christmas lunch with our immediate family, we would always head over to one of our cousin's houses in the late afternoon. Uh, to do Christmas all over again. And, and I remember just playing with my cousins. Uh, we had so much fun uh, with our toys, uh, hanging out, laughing and joking together. One of the best parts about Christmas is looking forward to it, um, the waiting and the anticipation. And of course, Advent is all about waiting as well, uh, waiting for the Advent, waiting for the coming of the baby Jesus at Christmas and waiting for the joy that his arrival brings. That's what I want to focus on this morning, waiting for joy. So why don't we pray that God would bring us the joy of waiting and the joy that comes with Jesus at Christmas. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, as we wait for Christmas this year, will you help us to wait with joy? 
A joy because of your goodness, joy because of your promises, and joy because of your son Jesus. Help us to know joy this Christmas, and we pray this in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Uh, well, something else I looked forward to every Christmas as a kid were those old claymation Christmas movies produced by Rankin Bass in the 60s and 70s. I think the older ones amongst us will remember them. Uh, we might have seen them, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, uh, Frosty the Snowman, Santa Claus is Coming to Town, uh, narrated by Fred Astaire. And don't forget the little drummer boy. When they started playing those stories during the Saturday morning cartoons, you knew that Christmas was coming. I love the old stories, and that's why every year I love to come back to the old stories about the very first Christmas. And so that's what we'll be doing over the next few weeks, a delving into the story of Jesus' birth told from Luke 1 and 2. And I hope for you it's like curling up under a blanket for a bedtime story, something that brings you back to the joy and wonder of hearing those stories as a child, or perhaps hearing them with that same childlike wonder as we have Christmas at home this year. So let yourself be transported back now, transported back 2,000 years, back to a very different time, a very different place, to a very different people, to a people who were waiting. You might remember last week that we read from the prophet Zephaniah that the people of God were waiting for the day when the Lord would come back, the day when he would come and remove their enemies and restore their fortunes. Now, the day when God would bring his people home. Well, that prophecy was over 500 years before our story this morning. And that's a long time to wait. And some of God's people have been waiting very patiently, are waiting for that prophecy and others to be fulfilled, are waiting for this promised child who would bring salvation. And that's where Zechariah and Elizabeth are introduced in Luke chapter 1. Zechariah is a priest in the temple in Jerusalem. He's born to a long line of priests going all the way back to when the temple was first built. Uh, in fact, before that even, all the way back to Aaron. I think it would be like being able to trace your family back to the Mayflower. Uh, Zechariah's family, they go all the way back with God. And it's the same as his wife, Elizabeth. Uh, she can trace her family back to Aaron as well. Aaron was Moses' brother. This is a family with history. And they've got a history with the Lord. And we're told by Luke in uh, verse 6 that both of them were righteous in the sight of the Lord, um, observing all the Lord's commands and decrees blamelessly. Blameless doesn't mean that they were perfect, but rather that they had faith in God's promises of forgiveness and salvation for those who walk with him. Uh, they lived their lives according to what they believed. Theirs was a genuine faith, a faith that made sense even when it's hard to make sense of life. And that was true for Zechariah and Elizabeth, that life was sometimes hard to make sense of, because we read in verse 7, they were childless because Elizabeth was not able to conceive. And they were both very old. Life doesn't always happen the way that we expect it to. And for Zechariah and Elizabeth, that meant accepting that they couldn't have children. They're old when we meet them, but you can imagine maybe what it was like for them as a young married couple, uh, trying to fall pregnant and expecting it to happen and waiting for the telltale signs. And then the disappointment, uh, month after month and year after year until it was obvious that they would never have children. I know that some of you watching today know that feeling, uh, the waiting, the aching, uh, the loss. 
And I know that it can be especially hard around the holidays. Uh, if infertility is part of your story, know that we prayed for you this week and we'll pray for you again after church today. So that's Zechariah and Elizabeth, uh, an old man and an old woman, are no longer waiting for their own child, but still waiting for the child promised by the prophets. And that's when something extraordinary happens to Zechariah. God chooses Zechariah for a special honour. Uh, by casting lots, Zechariah is chosen to act as the priest who burns incense on the altar in the place where God comes to meet with his people. Uh, Exodus 30, verse 6 to 8. Uh, this was an honour that was originally given to Aaron, uh, the very first priest over the people of God. And now God has chosen Zechariah to step into that role. And the reason becomes very clear. While all the worshippers are outside praying, Zechariah enters the temple to burn incense. Verse 11, Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing at the right-hand side of the altar of incense. God sends an angel. God sends a messenger, the same word in the original language. God sends this messenger angel to deliver a message to Zechariah. And of course, verse 12, Zechariah is terrified. He's startled and gripped with fear. Uh, though we wonder, should he have been so surprised? Uh, after all, he's, he is standing in the place where God comes to meet with his people. So should he be surprised to see a messenger from God standing there? We might ask ourselves the same question. Should we be surprised to hear God speaking to us this morning, uh, prompting us and pricking our consciences and penetrating soul and spirit, joints and marrow with his word as we come and we sit in his presence. I mean, after all, we're here asking God to speak to us. That's Hebrews 4.12, by the way. We're going to come back to that thought in just a minute. Verse 13. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you are to call him John. He will be a joy and a delight to you, and many will rejoice because of his birth, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord. Can you imagine what was going on inside Zechariah's head as the angel was speaking? I mean, first, there's an angel, and then he says, my wife is going to bear me a son. Um, wait, we can't have children, and this son, well, he'll be a joy and a delight. Well, of course he would be a joy and a delight that would be indescribable to have a child and, uh, and a son, and it's what we've always dreamed about. The angel says, and many will rejoice because of his birth. He'll be great in the sight of the Lord. Well, this baby brings a promise of joy, and not just the joy of parenthood for an elderly couple, although that's amazing in itself. And this baby will be the cause of rejoicing for many people because his birth will mark a major movement in the history of God's people. And the birth of this son heralds the return of the Lord and the end of that long period of waiting that God's people had endured over hundreds of years. Verse 16, he'll bring back many of the people of Israel to the Lord their God and he'll go on before the Lord in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the parents to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. John or John the Baptist as we know him, John is given this task of preparing God's people for his return. 
Many of God's people had wandered away from God. Many had stopped believing the waiting was too hard. The temptations were too many. The distractions too consuming. As we come into Christmas this year, where is your heart? Where is your treasure? Where is your hope and where is your peace? See, just like the people in Zechariah's time, it's all too easy to wander through life focused on all of the things that matter the most to us without stopping and looking up to see the thing that matters for all of eternity. See, even for those of us who are in church every week, the, the distractions are real. The pull of the world is real and it is strong. But this passage reminds us that we need to be prepared for the Lord. We need to be prepared for the day that he returns or the, or the day when he calls us home. Are you prepared? Where is your heart this Christmas? I love that every year the Christmas story reminds us that God wants to prepare us for his coming. God wants us to know the joy and the rejoicing and the happiness of a life lived in his presence. A life lived in the joy of forgiveness and the joy of thankfulness and the joy of hopefulness. The story is an annual reminder because we need to be reminded of what is most important in life. Do you know the joy of knowing Jesus? Uh, it's not always easy. A few years ago, I was teaching in Africa and uh, I was sharing a meal with my students. Uh, they were very excited as we lined up for the meal because that night they were serving something called ugali. Do you like ugali, they asked me. And I'm thinking, I don't know. I've never eaten it. I don't even know what it is. Oh, it's delicious, they tell me. And as we got close to the buffet, I, I could see what they were talking about. There was this huge platter with a mountain of white stuff on it. It looked a little bit like Mount Kilimanjaro. And as the students dug the big spoon into it, I could see that it was a, a doughy, kind of slightly sticky substance that looked like Play-Doh. And that's a pretty good description for Ugali. It's, it's Play-Doh made from cornmeal or taro or cassava. Uh, one of my students served me this very large portion. You are going to love it, he says. Uh, I did not love ugali. <laughs> it tasted like it looked. And it didn't taste any better when you rolled it up with your fingers and dipped it in your dinner as it's traditionally eaten. I felt bad for leaving it on my plate. Uh, every African I've met loves ugali. But my experience has taught me to be unsure. And for Zechariah, his experience of disappointment makes it hard for him to believe the angel's words. He's unsure. Verse 18. Zechariah asked the angel, how can I be sure of this? I'm an old man and my wife is well along in years. It's physically impossible, Zechariah thinks to himself. How do you invest your heart into something that doesn't seem like it could be real? And that's a question for all of us. There are people listening who've heard the Christian message a number of times but in your experience, it just doesn't seem to deliver on its promises. Why should I give my whole heart to believing this story from so long ago? Why should I put myself out there when it seems like we just wait and wait and wait and there's no answer from God? Have you ever felt like that? I'm, I'm guessing we've all had days like that where our world is crashing down around us and it seems like no one is listening. Well, do you remember what the angel said to Zechariah back in verse 13? Do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. 
God hears our prayers. God is at work behind the scenes and God will do what he's promised to do. See, for Zechariah, that promise was to give him a child, just like God had promised Abraham and Sarah a son in their old age. They had to wait 25 years from promise to fulfillment, but God was true to his word. Zechariah should have remembered that, just like he should have remembered Rebecca and Rachel and Hannah, whose stories were similar. In each of their lives, God did something amazing. Each of their children carried the promises of God into the next generation, progressing the story of how God would eventually bring about the birth of the ultimate child of promise. But it can be hard to recognize history when you're part of it. You and I, we are part of history. We're part of God's history. The history that he's writing about the people of God as he gathers us from the four corners of the globe and brings us home into his presence and into his joy. A joy, it's central to the Christmas story. Joy is what the angels announced to the shepherds on the night of Jesus' birth. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Luke 2 verse 10. See, God has promised a future of joy for all who come to this little baby in the manger, for all who worship Jesus, for all who live lives that honour him, for all who genuinely make Jesus part of their meaning of life. Christmas is all about Jesus and, and finding him and finding the ultimate joy that we can know as humans. Well, how do we know it's true? Listen to what the angel says to Zechariah in verse 19. He says, I'm Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God and I've been sent to speak to you and to tell you this good news. This angel, this messenger, this terrifying creature has stood in the presence of God. In fact, he's still standing there. He hears this message straight from the lips of the Lord himself. It's as if God had come down and was standing there in person, just like he'd promised Aaron so long ago. This is the place where I will meet you. We don't normally get angels delivering us messages, although it's not impossible. What we do have is the words of God recorded for us and written down by faithful witnesses and inspired by God, as it says in 2 Timothy 3.16. Words that have been carefully put together to help us believe. Listen to what Luke uh, says about his account of the life of Jesus. Many have undertaken to draw up an account of the things that have been fulfilled amongst us, just as they were handed down to us by those who from the first were eyewitnesses and servants of the word. With this in mind, since I myself have carefully investigated everything from the beginning, I too decided to write an orderly account for you, most excellent Theophilus, so that you may know the certainty of the things that you've been taught. Luke 1, 1 1-4. God doesn't want to leave us wondering. He wants us to know for certain that his promises are trustworthy and true. This is not a fairy tale. This is a message from God that should startle us and, and frighten us a little bit. And it should also bring us great joy. Because the Christmas story doesn't end with Jesus coming as a baby. It doesn't even end with him dying on a cross for the forgiveness of sins and rising again to give us new life. The end of the story is still to come. 
as the writer to the Hebrews said, he will appear a second time, not to bear sin, but to bring salvation to those who are waiting for him. Hebrews 9.28. The Christmas story reminds us that we are looking forward to something better than a turkey dinner, something better than gifts under the Christmas tree, something better than having the family around us. In Jesus, we're looking forward to an eternity of joy in his salvation on the day that he returns. What are you looking forward to this Christmas? Will you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we thank you that at Christmas time we find the ultimate joy there in the, in the baby Jesus, there in the one who would grow up to bring us forgiveness and to bring us salvation and to bring us home. Father, help us to look forward this Christmas to the return of Jesus. Help us to look forward to the end of the story. Help us to look forward to that eternal joy that you've promised in your Son. We thank you for him. We worship him. We love him. We want to give our lives to you too. We just pray all of this uh, for the honour and glory of Jesus Christ, uh, our Saviour who is born on Christmas. We pray in his name. Amen.
Hello everybody, my name is Charlotte Bidwell. I'm the Kids Minister here at Yonville Church. And this morning I'm going to be reading us a prayer from Christopher Asher's Advent devotional called Repeat the Sounding Joy. It is based on Luke chapter 1 to 2 and it's super wonderful. So will you join me in prayer right now? Blessed Lord, who has caused all the Bible to be written for our learning, we thank you that the story we hear from Luke is true and safe and secure and we can rest our lives and our eternal destinies upon the message we hear in it. Grant that as we meditate quietly on this old, old story, our hearts might be comforted by the solid certainty that these things are true. May we know in some fresh way this Advent the comfort of your holy word and embrace it and hold it fast in our hearts and minds. God, our Father, who has promised new life to those who have no hope, as you promised a son to this old couple who were beyond hoping, grant us grace to listen, to trust, and to set our hopes on the gospel you speak to us, that we might live by faith and not by sight. And Lord, we lift up the cookie decorating event that is happening this afternoon. We thank you that so many kids have registered, and we pray that it would be a really fruitful event, both for the kids and for their families. And we pray that you would use it to grow your kingdom and your church bigger. And we pray this in your mighty name. Amen. Well, hasn't it been a good morning at Yonville Community Church Online? Uh, we hope you've been drawn into the Christmas story. Uh, you've been transported back in time but also transported to a place where you understand that God comes to us, that God has spoken to us as well, just like he spoke to Zechariah. And we pray that you'll hear God speak this week as he draws you nearer and nearer to himself through the Lord Jesus Christ. And we pray that that'll be the message you take into this week. Until we see you again, goodbye and God bless. Mm -hmm.